think this is the end. It is on. Am I on? Y'all hear me okay? Good deal. Good morning. morning. Good to see everybody this morning. I'm so happy I have an attitude of gratitude. Yeah, look at the person next to you and tell them that. Say, I got an attitude of gratitude. I hope you do. Yeah. I I hope you have gratitude this morning. You know, we've spent the last month going through some pretty hard stuff as far as the church, uh, and our um, in our sermons and some really some hard truths. And I've talked about over the last month how we should be involved in our political system as Christians, and we should be involved in our local government, that how we need to influence in that area. Well, we're gonna kind of shift gears a little bit this morning, and we're gonna do the same thing. We're gonna talk about influence as a church, but we're going to talk about how we influence in another way. How many of you right now today, which I'm one of them, that's why I told you I have an attitude of gratitude, I am grateful, I am thankful to God that I'm here right now, are you? Amen. And that is a good thing. And I want to tell you something, church, we can influence those around us by how we act and by this. You see that? Some people need to tell their face that they're saved. Right? Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, if you walk, I'm not, uh, listen, you may, okay, you may, have, you, may be, you may have walked in here this morning and you were, you look like you've been sucking on a pickle, right? right? Don't know, right? Uh, but, I want to encourage you and invite you to change that right now in this very moment. Because you have so many reasons to have joy. I want to talk about being grateful for the whole month of November. And literally what grateful means, I've got it defined for you here, is appreciative for benefits received. Now I can tell you right now, every person that I I look at in the face right now, I'm telling you, you are you have benefited by God. Did you know that? You cannot say, I, everybody that's walked in this room today, God has blessed. Do you agree with me? Amen. 
Yeah. And so we can we can kind of walk in that idea. Look at this, what it says in Psalm 116, 12. Let's read that. And this is the question I'm going to ask you to ask yourself for this entire month while we're going through this series of sermons. Ready? Let's let's just read that verse together. It's a short one. Let's read it. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? What can we give him? I mean, honestly, but we, there's not a whole lot, but this is what we can do. First of all, we can offering back praise, right? We can, we can have a personal relationship with him. We can walk with him, right? There's something else, though. We can be an influence in the world with our joy. Right? Now, I, I want to, this can be a serious moment. It can be a serious time. Because I don't know the situation of everybody that walked in the room today, do I? And some of you may be going through something really tough right now. As a matter of fact, I know that some of you are. And that is a, that's tough to walk in and say, man, it's hard to have joy today, right? But I want to ask you a question, and let's just think about this seriously. Right now, right here, in this moment, everybody bow your heads and close your eyes. Right now, right here, in this moment... I want to ask you something. Is God good? Do you know He's good? If you were to start to count blessings versus things in your life that are hard, would you say that God's blessings outweigh the things that are hard? You see, we can come into this room and we can decide one thing right now in this moment in my life, uh, you know, it's so great that God even, doesn't even look pat, like he, he's not looking at the last three minutes. He's looking right now at you and you're not looking at the last three minutes. You're looking at what God's doing going forward from here right now, right now from here going forward. How good is God? Can you say, man, he's good and he's and he's right now an influence in my life. Can you say that? I want to pray over you all right now. Lord God, I want to give you praise. I want to thank you for our church. Thank you for this opportunity to speak your word. God, I, I pray for myself that as I preach this message, that Lord, you would work mightily in me. That as I preach, that I would disappear and your Holy Spirit would just speak mightily through me. Lord, don't let me mess this up. And help me, Lord, just to encourage and may the blessing of your word speak loudly to everybody here. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. So if we get started here, I'll, I want you to turn in, the, in your Bibles, if you have them, to Colossians. And uh, we're going to look at a little uh, passage of Scripture, Colossians chapter 2. And we're going to look at just verses, I think, 6 through 10. We're just going to look at these verses, uh, and there's some really great stuff in them, so I hope that you'll get a hold of it. It says, Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith. Just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy or empty deceit, according to human tradition, and according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in Him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you 
have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. Now, we're just going to go back and kind of look at this. I want to talk to you about the next slide here, Naughty. I want to talk to you about what this says. There's gonna, we're going to look at this right here, abounding in thanksgiving. It says that Christians, those who are in Christ, those who have received Christ, should be abounding in thanksgiving. Now, this I, I define this for you. This is literally a de definition from the Greek text. And it says this, to, it means to superabound, to be in excess, to be superfluous, whatever that is, right? Uh, it's, it's to excel, to make more, to abound, to have more, to be more, abundant, be the better over and above. Now I want you to think about what the scripture says right here about, about Christians being or abounding in thanksgiving. Literally saying, this is kind of what I get out of it, I'm going to be more thankful than you, right? I'm going to abound, and I'm going to do better than you, and I'm going to outdo you, Rusty, when I'm thanking God, right? And you're going to outdo me. And, and Jackie, even you, you're going to outdo me, and I'm going to outdo you. We're going to get in a competition here of praise. And we're going to go overboard with thanksgiving. That's what he's saying here. It's to literally go overboard with your thanks. To do it more and more and more. This is what the Christians called upon to do. Now I want to ask you a question. As you think about that, just think about it. Does God deserve that? Does anybody disagree with me? I hope not. Because we should abound in thanksgiving. Now, let's look at this, what the scripture says in Colossians 2, uh, 6 and 7. Therefore, as you receive Christ, the Lord Jesus, here it is. What, let's read that. Ready? Walk in Him. Come on, y'all are quiet today. Let's read it. Walk in Him. I don't believe you're appreciative. We're reading God's Word together. Y'all better get appreciative. Ready? Let's do it again. Ready? So... Walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him. Now you sound appreciative. And established in the faith, just as you were taught. Ready, ready? Abounding in thanksgiving. So there's some core key things here we need to think about as we think about abounding in thanksgiving. Because I know that I probably caught you off guard this morning. You walked in here and you weren't expecting me to tell you to, well, go all out and overboard about being thankful to God, you probably weren't expecting that, although I did put a video out this week on Facebook about it that I wanted you to think about the abounding and thanksgiving. But here it is. Here's some key things that we can look at about abounding. First of all, next slide, it says this. It says to walk in Him. Now what that means is, is to walk in Jesus. Uh, next thing it says, to be rooted and built up in Him. To be rooted and built up in Jesus. The next one is to be established in the faith. So there's three things that I think we have to have in order to abound in thanksgiving. And look at this. I just want to read that little line there. It says, uh, know who I am, how I'm grounded, and what I believe. That's what you need to do. It's really hard to be thankful to God, truly thankful to God, unless you first know who you are. And how you're grounded and what you believe. So let's talk about knowing who you are for a minute. The Bible tells us to walk in 
Jesus. I want you to think about that just for a minute. I want you to think about what that means. That means that you are to disappear in Christ. That's when the Bible, when, you know, we see me up here baptizing people and we have that group of guys that come up, you know, get help and we baptize somebody. And you'll hear me say these words uh, that I baptize you, my brother or my sister. And I baptize you uh, in the name of the Father, the, Hon the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I say these words. I say, buried in the likeness of his death and raised again to walk a new life. When you become saved, when you belong, become where you belong to Jesus, you literally are buried in the likeness of his death. You become a person who is in Christ. When John the Baptist was preaching, uh, in John chapter 3, he said these words about Jesus. He said, he must increase and I must decrease. To be in Christ is to have a, a brand new identity. Where you, and this is an effort. If you're going to abound in Thanksgiving, you literally wake up every day and you say this. You know, I, I say this a lot. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved, right? Now, uh, salvation is a one-time occurrence. Yes, you get saved once you trust Jesus as your Savior. But to, I, I believe this, that you are saved, but you are being saved. God is changing you and sanctifying you and making you more like Him. So when you say those words, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. You know what? You, we should do that every single day of our life. Wake up in the morning and say, Jesus, you are Lord of my life today. I want to be hidden in you. I want your identity and not my own. The other, yesterday, was the, yeah, we were up here yesterday morning getting ready for the, our shindag, our barn dance. We were putting down this fancy dance floor, y'all see. And uh, my son, Kobe, he was helping. And uh, I wasn't in here. But uh, Marvin and Karen were in here working, and, and he was helping Marvin. And he looks at Karen, and he says these words, this out of my seven-year-old son. He says, <laughs> he says, men, he told Karen this, men work outside, and women stay in the house and do the dishes. <laughs> Now, I want to tell y'all right off the bat, I want to tell y'all right off the bat, I did not teach him that. Right? Uh, I promise. I, I did not teach him that. Um, but I will say this. The fact that he's not very politically correct probably comes from me. Okay? Just so you know. And, and so there's a certain identity he has with me I didn't teach him that, okay? I didn't teach him that, but, but the fact that he just kind of speaks his mind probably comes from me. And so this is what I want you to tell. His, his identity is kind of hidden in who he is. He's a, he can't help it. He's a yarber. He just, you know, that's the way he is. You know, can't help himself. It just comes out, right? Now, I had to fix him on that, and by the time his sisters got a hold of him, he was really fixed, <laughs> right? But here's what we understand about that about that is we reflect who we are. 
right? And if every day I'm in Jesus, I'm going to reflect Jesus. And I want to tell you something. It, it just go about, you know what I want to challenge you to do? You know what we're doing in youth? We're reading through the Gospel of John together in youth. And they're, they're journaling and they're, and they're studying God's Word on their own. It's really great. And I want to tell you something. They're learning about the life of Christ. You want to be like Jesus, study about His life. React the way He would react. Do the things He would do. You know, there's an old saying, WWJD, everybody's heard it. It's over and over again, right? What would Jesus do? Maybe we should ask ourselves that question more often. Maybe we would reflect more joy if we walk in Christ, right? And, and so the next one is this, be rooted and built up in Jesus. I, I want to read you a little, if you want to, turn to the book of Psalm, first, first chapter of the book of Psalm. Let me read you a verse, or a few verses. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Listen to verse 3. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. This is talking about a man who meditates on the law of the Lord and he walks in Jesus. Therefore, there's something that happens to that man or woman. They put down these deep roots in Christ where they get their nourishment. And Jesus said these words, you'll know a tree by its fruit. I have this incredible tree in my backyard. I tried to age it. I'm not sure how close I am to it, but I, I've got it estimated at around 600 years old. It's a big, huge oak tree. I mean a monster of a tree. It's, I, mean, I don't know how many people take to reach around it. You know, probably four. It's got a huge trunk. You know, and if that tree is 600 years old, it's probably seen many different kinds of seasons in its life. You know? It's probably seen, well, I know it's seen a few droughts because I've seen a few and I'm not that old, right? I know I've seen wind and rain and sleet and hail and snow and all of these things that life brings. But it's still there. It's still an oak tree. It's still solid. There's something about joy in Christ that's different than joy in anyone or anything else. When you are rooted in Him and grounded in Him, do you realize that the season that comes doesn't really make a difference? Did you know that? Like, it doesn't matter really and truly what you go through. It really doesn't. I mean, I know we go through hard things in life. I know that some of you are probably, like me, a little concerned about Next Tuesday. That's probably been on your mind. It's probably bothering you. There's some things that, are, that, that you're worried about what, what or what they, that might not affect. But the truth is, if we are rooted and grounded in Christ, let me tell you this, church. No matter what happens, 
When you wake up Wednesday morning, you can still express and have joy as a believer in Christ. You know why? Because you can be rooted and grounded in Him. There's something about the Bible tells us that when we come to Christ in thanksgiving, that the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And this last one is to be established in the faith. Can I tell you that I've had the honor and the privilege of walking with the Lord for a long, long time. Really have. And I've realized something that man, he's never left me or forsaken me, no matter what. You see, this is how we know who we are. This is how we know how we're grounded and what we believe. If we believe, if we have faith, that Jesus literally, listen to me, which is going to be a part of our next, uh, next, next part of our message here. I've got to wrap it up. But if we literally believe that, like some of those bumper stickers that you're going to get, it says that Jesus died for our sins in accordance with the scripture, was buried and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scripture. If we believe that Jesus resurrected from the dead and overcame death and sin, I mean, that's a, do y'all realize how big that actually is? I mean, that's everything that had us down. That's what had us. That's what had control of us, was sin and death. And then the Apostle Paul taunts death in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. After he talks about the resurrection of Christ, he, lo- he literally stares down death and he says, Oh, death, where is your sting? Because it has no sting for the Christian. If Christ overcame death, why are we worried about everything else? If, if you understand that Christ overcame death, then your, listen, your joyometer or whatever you want to call it should be actually through the roof, right? I mean, I should see no one coming to the church looking like you're sucking on a deal, right? <laughs> Tell your face, Jesus rose again and smile and have joy, Amen. right? Look at what it says. Set your minds on the things above. How about that? How about we spend the next few days setting our minds on the things above, right? Not on the things of this that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is what? What does it say? Let's read it, church, and let's read it bold and proud. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. You, man, you have nothing to worry about. You have everything in the world to have joy about. This morning, um, I want to skip up to the naughty. Let's see, just really quickly, right here. I, I want to skip up to where it says Jesus lives. I don't want to keep y'all too long this morning. We was we was out late last night, and you're all ready to go home. Bunch of dadgum heathen kids, <laughs> naughty cheerings. Listen to this. Colossians 2, 9 says, For in Him, because we're in Christ, right? The whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. 
Now, uh, and I'll re finish reading the verse. It says, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. So this is really awesome if you think about it. You have been filled with him, and in him all the fullness of God dwells bodily. Now, hold on. Okay, we understand that Jesus became a man. Incarnation through Mary was born. We're going to celebrate Christmas pretty soon. He was born, and he lived his life on earth, and he had a three-year ministry. He started it when he was 30, and he, and he gave his life on the cross. About three years later, he was 33 when he gave his life for us on the cross. And in that three years, we saw in John chapter 1 and verse 14, it says, talking about Jesus, and the word became flesh, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father. So what, what, what it's telling us there is if we want to see the character of God and who God is, we simply need to look at Jesus and we know who our God is because they're one and the same. Oh, but this, but God became flesh in the form of the Son. They're one and the same. And this is, this is really cool. So in Ephesians, we read that Jesus uh, ascended on high and led captivity captive. So Christ, fully God, fully man, risen from the dead, went to heaven. Right? Now, when we think about that, we generally don't think about this. That Christ is in heaven with the fullness of God dwelling in him as a man. If you think about the representative you have in heaven, this should bring you great joy. Do you know why? Because literally Jesus, the Bible says that he's not like, we've been studying Hebrews and uh, men of valor, you know, and it said he's not like the other high priest who were prevented from death continue, to continue on to be a mediator for people. That's what was wrong with the old Levitical system. Death still had a hold of it. And death kept it from going, you know, there would be a high priest and lo and behold, he would, it would get him, right? Because the death rate's 100%. He would die and then they'd have to get a new high priest and a new high priest and a new high priest all through the years because the old Levitical system was just a picture of the new covenant that Christ would bring. But Christ was a great high priest who was not prevented from death to minister for us. You see, it's Jesus, everybody say the man, in the glory, who ministers for us. You, you, you see what I'm saying? That you have a representative for you who is like you, who is God. Controlling. He's the boss of. He's the Lord of all of creation. He's not, he's not in church. Listen, he's not in spiritual 
form in heaven. He rose from the grave and became glorified, made for heaven. He's a man in the glory and possessing. The Bible says he didn't. It's not, it doesn't say that he used to dwell as a man. It says there that for in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily now. And it says we don't have a high priest who is prevented from death, but we have one who walked into the throne room of heaven with his own blood. Not with the blood of bulls and of goats, but his own blood. And presented it for us for the redemption of sin. And then it says, securing our eternal salvation. Amen. And then it says, and he always lives. Everybody say, he always lives. Always. Woo! Y'all should all have that much joy. <laughs> I just want to hear that again. Say he always lives. Always That's why I love having kids in church. <laughs> to make intercession for us. The point I'm trying to drive home here is this. Some of you walked in here and you looked up God, God as some sort of a distant being. who's not your friend, who can't sympathize with you, who doesn't understand what you're going through or, or what you're worried about. But the Bible tells us that in Christ, all the fullness of the creator of the universe, the God of all gods, the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords, dwells bodily in heaven. That's an incredible statement. That he is there making intercession for us. And in Hebrews chapter 4, we read these words. We don't have a high priest who cannot sympathize for our weaknesses but was in all ways tempted as we are yet without sin. Amen. Therefore, everybody say therefore. therefore. We come boldly before the throne of grace. Wow. That should bring you joy. That should make you smile. That should make you walk out of this room and go, man, I'm going to represent my God with joy today because I can come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and help in the time of need. Amen. I'm going to ask our band to come up here. We're going to close this message out. This morning, I'm going to invite you, if you've never met him before, to come to know this Jesus that I've been preaching about. The one who died on the cross for your sins, who, 
who now has risen again and he lives in heaven today as your representative, as the one who makes intercession for you. You don't have to go through a priest anymore. You don't have to, you don't have to go and, and you don't have to shed the blood of animals to represent the life that, was, that you have to give for sin anymore. The Bible says that God gave us the blood for atonement. The blood represents life. We won't have to worry about that anymore. Because Jesus secured our eternal redemption through, the, redemption through the cross. So all you have to do now, instead of doing all that, simply trust Jesus to save you. So as we close our eyes, bow our heads this morning, I just want to lead you in prayer. And if you want to give your life to Christ for the very first time today, just pray with me and Christ will come in and save your soul right now. Pray this, Lord Jesus. I know I'm a sinner. I believe you died on the cross for my sin. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sin. My sin in the past, my sin right now, and my sin in the future. I believe you rose again on the third day. And you can give me eternal life. You can give me eternal life. I ask you to come into my life. Ask you to come into my life. And save my soul. And save my soul. And it's in your precious name. In your precious name. In the mighty name of Jesus. Mighty name of Jesus. I proclaim. I proclaim. I, I am, am saved. Saved. Amen. You know what? If you didn't get anything out of church this morning, if you didn't hear that little sweet little voice praying back there, um, you got it. Um, seriously, though, this morning, if you prayed that prayer for the first time to give your life to Christ, uh, make sure you fill out one of those cards and leave it in the offering box on your way out the door. Uh, there was a question that came up the other day. I just want to uh, do this too. If you're, a lot of people wonder about how do we join the church? How do we, how do we become a member? The same way, fill out a card. Put your name and phone number on the card. Check the box where it says I want to become a member of Chisholm Trail Church. And uh, that's how you get a phone call from me. And we talk about membership. And so you can do that as well. So grab a card and Fill it out and drop it in an offering box on your way out the door. Thank y'all. Let's, uh, oh, yeah. Hang on just a second. Okay. You know, October is Pastor Appreciation Month. And this is just a little token. I hope everybody got a chance to sign this or look it over. Amen. Thank you. Hey, y'all. Wade, we love you, man. Thank y'all very much. Um, I want to, I just want to tell you again. You know, the Bible, I mean, we talked about expressing thanks and gratitude this morning. I cannot express to you how, how grateful we are as a family. I mean, Pam and I and our kids, y'all have been an amazing blessing for us. Um, that if we would have had to come up with the, I think it was right at about, oh, we don't, we're not done yet, but we had to get, have $10,000 up front. And we had it. And we, and we wouldn't have had it without y'all. So thank you so much. Yeah. God bless you. Let's stand up and praise the Lord.